Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Oh, it's going to be a great service, everybody. So glad that you're here. Welcome again to those of you watching online. As Pastor Chris said, watching is not about being a spectator. It's about being a participator. And we're glad you're connecting. We're glad that you're here and glad that you're watching online and connecting with us. We're going to continue our series called Supernatural. Anybody enjoy last week? It was a great, great Sunday last Sunday. And we're just going, we're going stronger. We're going further. Today's message is called The Invisible Kingdom. Now, um, this may be uh, new to some of you. For many of you, might, if you've been here for a while, this will be a refresher because this is part of, this is one of my life messages. I don't, I'm not preaching from old notes, but this thing keeps coming up in my spirit the last few weeks, and I just got to bring it forth. So we're going we're gonna to get it out to you right now. Let's uh, open your Bible to Mark chapter 1, 2 Corinthians 4. Acts 1, kind of weave those together. Mark 1, verse 14 says this. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. So that's what Jesus was preaching. And he said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what's written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe, whatever you believe, and therefore speak. Faith is believing and speaking, one person said. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You say, well, how do you look at things that you can't see? That's what we're gonna talk about today. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Everything that you see with your natural eye is only temporary. And everything that's eternal is invisible to your natural eyes, but visible in Christ to your inner man. Finally, Acts chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus had had 40 days after his resurrection to share his most important thoughts with his disciples. Acts chapter one, verse three. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, excuse me, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart today? Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. This is not about my words or intellect. This is about your turning the light switch on inside of hearts and minds that we can take hold of your purposes and promises and find victory in this life in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been saying this month, you don't need to be superman, super spiritual, or superficial, but you need to be supernatural. 
People are longing for power with authenticity. Turn on the news last night, and they're having a big um, pride weekend in Orlando, big parade, and they're talking about authenticity. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about immoral authenticity. I'm talking about moral authenticity. Talking about being, being the true self, yes, but the self God created you to be, not what you felt or what the world defined you as. Amen? Sin shall no longer have dominion over you because you're not under the law anymore, you're under grace. That means your sin's boss. Sin's not your boss. Your sins and, and, and uh, bents and things that pull you or pulled you in appetites in the past no longer have the same power over you. Now, if you give them place, they will invade. But they no longer have the same power over you because there's an invisible, invisible power at work. We redefined ministry last week. We said, even though the world wants everything to be, you know, religiously defined for the church, we're not looking, ministry is not clergyman. Remember that? You're called, you are called, anointed, and sent to be a blessing dispenser. You're blessed to be a blessing. We said this, ministry is using all of your God-given talents, abilities, and resources to serve others to fulfill the divine assignment and purpose for which you were born. People are desperate for the power of God. They're desperate for the supernatural. And I closed last week with this statement, and I'll say it again. If the church won't move in kingdom power into the world, people will continue to open up doors to evil that they don't need to be opening. Now, as we move forward, one of the great verses that came alive in me, gosh, 20 years ago, Colossians 1.13 says this, for he, Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. He has, past tense, it already happened. He has delivered us, he has set us free from being under the covering of the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us. One translation says he has translated us. One says transferred us. I prefer to use that one. He has transferred us into a new kingdom. So here's the deal. Jesus has issued you an official transfer. The moment you gave your heart and life to Christ, you were conveyed. What's conveyed? Like the picture at a factory where you have a conveyor belt. Put someone on the belt and it's moved from one place to another place. Move down the belt, right? It's conveyed, it's moved, it's changed. It's transferred from one department to another department by a conveyor. Well, that's what God has done. The moment you were born again, he legally and officially declared you transferred and placed you on a conveyor belt, moving you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's important you get it because here's the deal. Your soul and your body 
are still more comfortable in the old way the moment you got saved. Your body and soul didn't change. And they're comfortable. They want you to do just what you did before. They want you to have the same appetites, the same desires, and feed them. And the Bible says you have to renew your mind in the word and spirit to grasp this concept. And it takes time, doesn't it? If anybody was a cigarette smoker like I was when you got saved, when I got saved, <clears throat> I, I kept smoking cigarettes for a while. That guy, the, my body was still physically dependent. And after a few months, I remember waking up one morning and I didn't know about the power of the Holy Spirit, but I knew something was new working in me. And I think God did this to confirm me, to me that he was real and he was alive because I kept telling my young wife that when our baby was born, I would quit smoking. The problem is every time I think about it, I double. I double, <laughs> I do an extra, I do two packs a day instead of a pack a day. And so I'll never forget it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a history guy, so I remember dates and things. August the 11th, 1980. <clears throat> Some of you thinking like, you weren't even here in 1980, that's okay. But for me, I was a young man, a young husband, and I wanted to change. But when I got saved, I got changed. I got saved because I realized I couldn't change myself. I kept trying to be a better person, but those desires didn't go away. Now I got born again, and now August 11, 1980, I woke up in the morning, and I remember thinking, I don't think I need a cigarette today. I think I need it. And before, like I said, I would set a date. I, I, I quit. My wife was never a smoker. So she was, I don't even know how she got with me. When we were dating, she hated that I smoked, but we would, like one time I quit and we went to the movies in Altamont Springs. And by the end of the movie, she's going, just go out and smoke, please. You're just driving me crazy. Because I was so, looked like Joe Cocker singing, you are so beautiful. You know, like, three people know Joe Cocker. Anyway, that's an old, old reference. Ugh, you know, I just was all twitchy. And she just go, well, just go smoke. So I took that as license. So I kept going back to it. August 11th, I woke up and it was like, I'm free. Amen. And I went in, I got my pack. <laughs> this is back when, let's see, when I quit smoking, cigarettes were, I want to say they'd just gone from 75 cents to a dollar a pack, roughly. When I started smoking as a teenager, they were 35 cents to 40 cents a pack. Now, I don't even know. Somebody, I, I don't want to know who smokes in the room. I'm not trying, to, not trying to out anybody here, okay? Not trying to embarrass anybody. If you smoke, that's, I'm not trying to condemn you or convict you today. I'm just trying to give you a practical example. And the deal is this, smoking won't keep you out of heaven. It'll just get you there faster. Anyway, so that's a whole different deal. But that's a whole different deal. So... When you get to the place where you can step into something, I remember at, at, even at 75 cents a pack or whatever they were, I think I had, I bought them by the carton. So t somebody tell me how much cigarettes are today. I have no clue. How much? They may know. Nobody's willing to admit it. This is hilarious. <laughs> I, I would say they're, I don't know, what are they over, 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 the, over $2 a pack, over $5 a pack? I don't know. Huh? It was seven when you quit. 
I say, I don't even know. I say, that's crazy. So to me, even 75 cents and I've had a half a carton, I went and what I did was I just felt this, all I can do is I felt faith. I felt faith. And I went and I opened up every pack in my carton and I emptied them in the, in the toilet, broke them in, in pieces to show you don't have me anymore. And I flushed them down the toilet and I felt free. I haven't shared this story in years. I don't even know why I'm sharing it. Maybe you need some help. And I'm just telling you, whatever it is, you're having trouble with that, that, that hurdle getting over. I understand. But when you start renewing your mind into who God has called you to be, those same things don't have the same draw. They don't have the same power. They don't have power over you. Now, you can keep going if you want to. It's not a big, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to, be the, the church police and tell you what to do, what not to do. I'm just telling you, in whatever it is in your life that you're out of balance in, it can be food. The problem with food is you, you can't quit it altogether. You know? You, know I, you can't, I mean, you can take a donut and tear it up, put it in the toilet, but you still got to go eat something. You know? So that's my problem. Anyway. But here's the deal. Whatever your habits were, when you got saved, they still are. But the power source has changed. Grace is actively working for you now. That's the power of God that sets you free. Change is possible. Because the, instead of sin having dominion, the Bible says you take dominion. You have dominion. You step into dominion, right? Now, let me say it this way. If you're transferred from darkness to light and put on that conveyor belt, if you're moved from one legally, but you haven't gotten your body and your soul aligned with that yet, then what are you supposed to do? I want you to think about it like this. Think about it if uh, the word transferred Imagine if you went into work tomorrow. Let's say one of our Ocala uh, companies now is Chewy. Not Chewy's Mexican restaurant up in Gainesville. That's different. Chewy is the pet food company, big, one of the big brands right here in Ocala. And we're, we're thrilled. Maybe some of you work or maybe some of you at home work for Chewy. Let's say you go to work tomorrow at Chewy and the boss calls you in and says, you've been doing such a great job. We want to promote you and we want to transfer you to become the manager of the European office in Frankfurt, Germany. We're going to put you in charge of Schweinhund. No, we're going to put you in charge of the dogs of Germany, pig dogs. We're going to put you in charge of German shepherd. We're going to make you a German shepherd. That's what we're going to do. That's what I call my German pastor friends. You're going, to be the tr you're going to be the manager over there. So they tell you this. So you have three months to prepare. And here's the problem. See, when you get to Germany, it's a brand new language. It's a different kind of electrical plug. It's new laws, new customs, new banking, new financial system, new mindset, new autobahn. Places where you don't have to have a speed limit and cars that enjoy it. 
it's a whole different world. It's a whole different thing. And let me tell you, when you get to Germany on your new assignment, they don't care what Americans think. They don't care your experience. They don't care about your past. They don't care. They don't really care too much. I mean, they care about the home office, but they don't care too much about certain things because they have their, we have our own way of doing things. And they do. I've been to Germany in my life, I don't know, 25, maybe 40 times. I don't know. I've been to Germany many, many times. One of my favorite countries in the world. But it's different. Totally different. <clears throat> Their banking system was different even years ago. So here's the point. They're not going to adjust to you. You have to adjust to them. It's the same with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Works completely different. And the kingdom of God requires all those same changes. The kingdom of God has its own language, its own customs, its own finance system. Everything is different in this kingdom. That's why the Bible says that in certain things, certain things you learn when you get saved, they don't make any sense if your mind is still over here in darkness. You have to, you have to get in the word. I remember, um, I think the memory, my memory verse this morning, one of my verses in my devotions was one of the first verses I ever learned, Psalm 119, verse nine and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's one of the first things I learned in 1983 when I started really growing in God. I learned, you know how you stay clean? You get the word inside of you. And then you can chew on it. You can think about it. Your mind chews. Your mind meditates. Your mind rolls things, mulls things over. Many followers of Jesus continue to live under the same old system of the world that they lived in before. And they stay very frustrated in their lives thinking, well, the Bible says this should work for me. Yes, it will work, but you've been transferred. I wish I could moonwalk right now. My shoes are even sticky on the, t on the stage. I wish I could show you <clears throat> just how this thing works, but in, areas, in every area, let me say it this way, <clears throat> in every area where you're struggling, the enemy wants to keep you over here operating under the old way, under the old system. In every area where you have victory, it's because you're, 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 you've coordinated your life with this new system, this new way of thinking. Are you getting it? He has delivered us. He has delivered you from the old ways, the old kingdom, the old place where you were subjected to sin being the boss, appetites and feelings leave it leading you, and now you're under a whole new way, a free and blessed way of living. You don't have to be frustrated. I thought of this example. What you think of your phone? Think of your phone. Most people have one. 
I know that because when Jeff Wood got a smartphone a couple years ago, I thought he was the last man on earth that would get one. He bragged about his flip phone for years. Didn't you, Jeff? Yeah, he bragged about it. But then we couldn't communicate with him when he was traveling with us in the nations. And he finally, the day he came and showed me his iPhone, I almost hugged him. I think I did hug him. Think of your phone. Maybe you have an Android or an Apple, but I, I have Apple, so just use that as an example. But it's basically the same thing. So if you see these things for iOS update, iOS stands for iPhone operating system. It's the system. And every year they release a new operating system when they do their convention in September, then they sell, get ready to sell you the new phone and upgrade everybody. And they tell you, okay, now this year we're going to do this. And this year your phone is going to make toast. <laughs> this year your phone is going to, you know, do this for you, do that for you. It's a Swiss Army knife phone. It'll slice and dice to make julian fries. It'll whatever. It comes in a new system. And so even if you have the old phone, if you don't update when that little red thing appears and yells at you, if you don't update that thing in a few days or weeks, you'll notice that your apps no longer work because your apps have changed to the new system, but you're trying to stay and keep your phone in the old system in the past. It's an operating system. There are immediate results if you don't do it. They won't connect. You need, now, since they did the one a couple weeks ago, I've already had two updates of the little one. So they do the annual, then they do, okay, now we learned this caused that and this caused that, so we're gonna tweak this. Our goal at Now Church is that Sundays and Wednesdays, you get a wireless kingdom upload. That whatever the update is, <clears throat> that you can be in sync. You can be coordinated with the new, with, with, the, with the updated way. That's why we, we call the church now church because the promise of this house is a now word, a fresh word. It's never gonna be rehash. It's never gonna be old stuff. I'm never gonna give you, we're never gonna go back to iOS 1. We might give you some basics like we are today, but these are things that are fresh and coming forth by the Spirit of God. You need to upload. You need to update. And that's exactly what happens. A lot of, listen, a lot of Christians, and I understand this because a lot, most of you are not what they call early adopters. They have, you know, in sociology, they, they see now in technology that there are certain people that want to go first. My son, Ricky, and I, when the iPhone first came out, we were already Mac believers because the Windows had already messed us up so bad and cost us so much money. And they were so corrupted in their files and stuff. As soon as you got it, you had a virus or this or that, that problem. So we had switched to Mac computers. So we were ready for the iPhone. We went out in the rain and stood outside for hours outside the old store over here. I think it was singular at the time singular, and we waited out there, <clears throat> I think four hours in the rain. The cool thing was Otis Nixon, one of the former Atlanta Braves was out there with us. 
And we hung out with Otis, we hung out with this uh, Otis Nixon, a famous baseball player, waiting for an iPhone in the rain. And then ever since then, the, the next year, the second year came out, we were in Australia coming back. We got off of a plane flying for 30 hours from Australia and went to, the, to uh, Florida Mall to get in line for our next iPhone. So we're early adopters. Now, those, some of you, you, like, you could care less, but you sure better care about that operating system. You better care about updating. <clears throat> you better care about everything working. See, first things first, according to Mark's gospel, Jesus' first words after his baptism and wilderness experience were what I read to you from Mark chapter one. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. According to Luke's book of Acts, Jesus' focus in his brief 40 days between resurrection and ascension was things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He started talking about the kingdom and he finishes talking about the kingdom. And he talked about pertaining Things, things about life that pertain. Listen, through the knowledge of him, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. He's given us everything we need to live this life if we'll keep updating, if we'll stay current in his presence. That's why I get so crazy about people that say, well, I prayed a prayer when I was eight and uh, you know, I haven't really gone to church since. Well, what did you think you were doing? Just getting fire insurance? Did you think you just, you just prayed a prayer so you wouldn't go to hell? Is that what they told you? Because that's not what this life is about. It's about a growth experience. It's about a relationship. <clears throat> imagine if I had said to my wife, we've been married 41 years. Can you imagine if I said to her about year two? You know, we're, so, we're doing so well. I don't feel like I need to talk to you anymore. Uh, in case of emergency, I'll talk. But let's just stay married. We're good. We, we, we said, I said I do. I still do. Bye. That's the way people treat God. Imagine how, imagine how long my wife, how long my wife would have put up with that? No, 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 no. No. It's about relationships cultivation, honor, respect, enjoyment, encouragement, work. Jesus shared things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then immediately, and that's why I read this in in the text, he pointed them immediately to their kingdom access point, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. He told them for 40 days, let me explain to you more about the way this kingdom works. It's God's operating system. It's the way God does what he does. But the access point for you is not to just pray the sinner's prayer, receive Jesus as Lord of your life. That's the beginning. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you, but he wants to immerse you. He wants to fill you up. You need to experience the baptism with the Holy Spirit. If you've never experienced that, you need to start seeking that. Ask Jesus to baptize you, immerse you with the Holy Spirit. Ask him every day. See what happens when when the penny drops from here to here and it happens in your life and in your heart. 
Because the enemy will fight you tooth and nail to keep you in the old language. And the Bible says there's a new language. There's a new language that's a hotline to heaven where you and Jesus can connect to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Matthew tells us Jesus keyed everything. Seek first the kingdom. First there means prime, premier, number one, top priority, prime time. It is the, it's the effort of your heart. It's the leaning in. Listen to it in the Amplified, Matthew 6, And this is after people are, Jesus is talking about, look, I know you need clothes. I know you need food. I know you need to pay your bills. But first things first. Everybody say first things first. First things first. first. Jesus said, here's the key to all of it. I love this, Amplified. But seek, in case you know what that means, aim at and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing what he does and his way of being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. What things? Same things the world needs. Pay the bills, get some clothes, God provides for the birds of the air, provides clothes for the lilies of the field, doesn't he? Jesus said, but your key is not to seek after those things first. You can go shopping second or third, but your role is seek God's way of doing what he does first. That's the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. I always feel like if we're supposed to seek it first, then what on earth is it? If we're supposed to seek the kingdom first, what is it? Because it impacts everything else. So let me give you a definition of kingdom of God that for me to understand, I had to get it kind of this way years ago. Literally, it means royal dominion or the rule of God. One friend of mine's definition really helped me was this. God's functional system by which life works best the God administration. It's the way God does what he does. It's his whole OS. It's his whole operating system. Everything that he does is done in light. It's done in truth. It's done in peace. It's done in victory. The problem is we don't get coordinated with it. We live, we live conformed to the image of the past instead of being conformed to the image of Jesus, God's son, in the new kingdom, in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so the way God does what he does. We always say life works best when God is first. The kingdom of God means God reigns, God rules. And everywhere God rules, his system will operate. You can't go to a geographical location to find God's kingdom. It's not limited to the city of Jerusalem or Galilee or some physical place. It's not limited to Washington, D.C., or Tallahassee, or Orlando, or Ocala. But the kingdom of God is limitless, and it's already here, the Bible says, but it's here in part, and more is coming. What are you doing with your taste? 
of the kingdom. What are you doing with the splashes of the kingdom? Oceans are coming. But God gives you glimpses and, and, and splashes. And remember I told you about spritzing a couple weeks ago? Psst, psst. He gives you the fragrance of his kingdom working in your life and working through your life. If it's already here, where is it? I mean, it's invisible, but it's functioning. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not religious rules and regulations. Don't do this, don't do that. But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right standing with God, inner state of rest, fulfillment, and contentment, and a joyful heart in and connected to the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual state of being, but it's not exclusively that because it manifests the works of God. Miracles are in the kingdom. <clears throat> Healing and wholeness in the kingdom. Demons cannot touch you when you're coordinated with the kingdom. Amen. They don't have any power over you. They'll try. They'll, they'll try to vex you, but you have power over them. As long as you're working and conforming and seeking first, aiming at, striving after the kingdom of God. Amen. My friends, you've been transferred. You've been moved. Jesus said this, Luke eleven twenty. If I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Certainly the kingdom of God has come upon you. So in, in his presence, when the kingdom is manifested, your freedom is imminent. Your freedom from addiction, your freedom from pain, your freedom from the past is coming. I'll finish with this. You make the invisible kingdom visible. <clears throat> you make it visible. What are you looking at? What are you looking for? Everything you can see with your physical eyes is only temporary. The unseen realm is where a lot of important stuff is happening. That's why the word and prayer is so important to the spirit realm. Remember Moses. There's an attack by a group called the Amalekites, Amalek. They start attacking the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. <clears throat> They're in the wilderness and Moses goes up on the mountaintop the Bible says he has the rod of God in his hand representing his authority. He lifts it up. He says, very little as he's up there. The Bible just says this. He's praying, but he's, he's lifting his hands with the rod of God. The Bible says while he did that, Joshua and the armies of Israel are down in the, down in the valley fighting the Amalekites, and it's a fierce battle. And every time Moses' hands are up, Joshua and the children of Israel are winning. Every time his hands get tired and fall down, the Amalekites start winning. Why? Because everything in the invisible affects the visible. And you make the invisible visible. You make the unseen realm visible. It's seen in what you're doing, what you're, what's going on in your life. So what, it, what, what did it require? Let me ask you this, what area of your life are you tired of lifting up? What area of your life are you carrying a burden and your hands are heavy and they're falling down? The great thing about our God is he provided two men that went with Moses to that mountain. 
his brother Aaron, who was his mouthpiece, his interpreter, and a helps ministry guy named Her, who incidentally, Her was a him. He was? Yes, Her was. So they get up to the mountain, and the Bible says that they lifted up his hands until they got tired, and then they propped up his hands with rocks. And when they propped up his hands, Joshua and the armies of Israel destroyed the Amalekites. They were winning. We all need people to lift up our hands. We all need support. I'm gonna pray for you as we close. Because maybe you're carrying something and your hands are getting heavy. And they're about to fall. Today, the Holy Spirit is here to prop up your hands, to support you to get back in the battle, to support you to get back to prayer, to get back to seeing manifestations of victory from what you do in the invisible realm because the kingdom of God is for you. The kingdom of God is working on your behalf. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person whose hands are heavy, everyone whose heart is scattered and splintered and unfocused. I ask you, Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus, would you reach around your people today in the room and watching online? And would you prop up the heavy hands? You said you will that all men everywhere, all people everywhere lift up holy hands without fear, without doubt, without wrath. Lord, I pray for the tired. I pray for the weary. And we claim the promise of Isaiah chapter 40 that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We speak strength into you, sir. We speak strength into you, ma'am. We speak, we speak strength into you, young person. We release strength in you. All the stuff, maybe, I think there's a young person here. <clears throat> maybe you're online. And you're getting bullied at school, bullied online. And you, you're just getting so, even when I go, I'm going back, circling back in my heart to what I said when I first came up here about intimidation. And you wonder if you could ever be free of it. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you right now. Where God reveals, he heals. I pray for you right now and I release the strength of Almighty God right there into you. And I say, rise up in faith and in strength and in joy and see His power, His supernatural love and power working in your behalf to strengthen you, 
to give you new courage and to give you a shield around your heart where all of the lies and accusations and teasing just bounces off in the name of Jesus. With your head bowed, your eyes closed just for a moment, even at home. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you're in a crossroads. Maybe you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life. Maybe you really don't know him. Maybe you just know about him. There's a difference between knowing somebody, a famous TV star or whatever else, knowing their image online or, or what you've seen in movies. But if you know that person, you know, them as a, you know them as a person, you know their values, you know their heart. God wants you to know him and he wants to know you. But he'll never force his way in. He'll only go where he's invited. If you're here today and you're at that place where you need God to move in and coordinate your life with his kingdom, his power, and his glory, would you ask him now? If you're here, say, Pastor, I need prayer. If that's you, just slip your hand up right where you are. Just put it up boldly. I need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer. I need God to do something in my life. <clears throat> Hands are going up. I pray for you right now. And those of you at home, I pray that God would move on your behalf, that he would reveal himself to you in every way you need him to be this week. And I pray for healing for your soul. And I pray that you would be coordinated with his kingdom power. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in every raised hand's life. Every person with their hands raised and their hearts open, would you move in, Holy Spirit, and bring that transfer and alignment with your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get something today? I hope you did. I hope you got something good today. <clears throat> God is good. Listen, kingdom, a kingdom life is a powerful life. It really is. You're, you're not a victim. You're a victor. You're a conqueror in him. You know, the Bible says in this conversation, this guy Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, uh, he's a Pharisee, by the way, and he says, um, how are you doing all these miracles? How are you doing all this stuff? Jesus said, well, look, here's the thing. You can't see it until you're born again. And you can't enter into it unless you're baptized in water and the spirit. We need those entry points to be able to. He said, so I won't, I, I, here's the thing. I was born again for years and I, I, I could see the kingdom, but I couldn't, I didn't, couldn't really coordinate and kind of enter into it, even though it was legally mine until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Cry out for the Holy Spirit. Cry out for more of God and you'll find his power working in you. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.